0: Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. My name is Knives Monroe, and I'm in Washington, D.C. right now with someone I get to call a dear friend. His name is Dave Knopp, and I know him as NopTop Top from YouTube. So I may call you NopTop, Top, I may call you Dave, I okay, may call yeah. you uh, Nop every now and then, but NopTop, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. We just came back from... <laughs>
1: Uh, this is the first time we've ever, meet, we've ever met. Yeah, I didn't realize that until about five minutes before getting here. I'm like, oh, wait, I've never actually met you in person, so this could be weird. It could be weird, but uh, I don't think it is,
0: and uh, i got to say I'm very comfortable uh, in your presence. You you look just like your YouTube presence. Am I taller than you thought I was? I assume everybody's taller than, than okay. what they give off on, on the internet. You were taller than I expected, but... Yes, everybody usually is, you know, because um, you're so but, short. No, but I <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm you're tall for tall. Hispanic. Yeah,
1: you're
0: <laughs> But uh, man, it's it's such an honor to meet you. And uh, I gave you, I, I produced my first movie in 2012, and I gave you a special thanks in the credit before we even met, before we ever had a, a conversation, because your YouTube videos, just like uh, Indie Mogul, which is you know, we were talking about them off mic, uh, guys like you and Film Riot. Helped me get the balls to make my first movie. So, wow. I remember the first time we talked on the phone. I, I think I told you that, and uh, I have to tell you again on record because it's uh, it's humbling, man. To this is to me like the definition of success. I wanted to make something so another filmmaker could watch it and say, "Wow!" Uh, and now we're friends. And I care more about that than I do any check that's ever been signed to my name. You know, so you know, uh, thanks for being my friend. And, uh, yeah. thanks for responding to a Facebook live that I made on the frugal filmmaking group page on Facebook a couple years ago. And, uh, you reaching out was like a bucket list thing for me. I was able to say, wow, now, now I have knob top on my, on my uh, contact list. Like that's so cool. So <laughs> it's such an honor for you to be here, man.
1: And, and thank you for being on the show. That's awesome though. Thanks for having me on i did i you might have mentioned it i totally didn't remember if you did it kind of went over my head maybe yeah off to go back and look that's awesome Well, that's the thing i think about where i'm like i'm making videos i'm like does anyone even care about this stuff like i care about it but that's super awesome to hear that actually affected you to where you would even recognize it in a film that that's i I didn't even imagine that would actually happen that's cool yeah man
0: and I, i think you and me both come from a generation of indie filmmakers i mean hell your average 19 year old with the DSLR doesn't even call themselves an indie filmmaker. That's not even the words that they use. So you and me are still pretty old school. And I think we're cut from the same cloth, uh, and a different class of YouTuber that, that kind of approaches the game with that in mind. Um, now I'm curious about a few things you and me have talked about this before in our casual phone conversations, but just for the listeners who I think primarily will be creative people, hopefully. Um, where does your creative journey start? When when was that moment, if you can recall, when you were a little kid, when you when you realized, oh, I like this more than the average person.
1: Mm, that's a good question. Well, it's local to Ohio. There's a show that was up in Cleveland called the Big Chuck and Little John Show. Would it have ever? I don't. You've never mm-hmm. heard of those two names? Never have. So it was this local. Uh, they would say local celebrities. A tall guy. This other guy. He's uh, I guess a small person. Super short, very recognizable, kind of looked like Mario, big mustache. Well, they would do these skits before their show. So basically on Saturday night, they would have like a a Saturday night King Kong movie. And they would have these little, almost like what you would see like Elvira, sort of those little Mm -hmm. inserts in between the commercial breaks. Well, in their commercial breaks, they did these skits. And when I was a kid, my brother used to film them or he would hit record on the VCR. So he would record all of them because I wasn't allowed to stay up that late. And so the morning, the next day, I would watch them and I was like obsessed with these skits. I'm like, I want to like recreate this. Mm-hmm. So that. How old were you? That I never really put it to an age. I guess I was definitely like 12, younger than 12 for sure, 12, 13. But we didn't have a video camera. So I couldn't videotape. So my f- first or only a possibility was audio cassette recorder. So I yeah. was like, Cheech and Chung was another thing that was going around back then. If you remember really? them, Yeah, I did. the audio. Stories and stuff, and I'm like, wow! You can actually just—it'll be like old radio. They had him on cassette. It was—I think it was on cassette or CD. I wonder if it was on CD. Could have been on vinyl. I don't know what it was, but I had heard it, and I was like, oh, I never thought that you could—you can actually just make the viewer or the listener think they're seeing stuff by sound effects. So we would act out our little skits. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time where I'm like, oh, I can actually recreate these scenes that I'm seeing on TV. Now, of course, as a the imagination of a younger person, Mm -hmm. I was like, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like. Yeah. When I listen to it, I'm like, this is just like the real sh- video that yeah. I just watched. But that would probably be the quickest, earliest thing that I remember like, oh, this is, I want to do more of this. I love tricking the audience into thinking mm-hmm. they're hearing something that they're not really hearing and then eventually getting a video camera. Yeah. Took it into that where I'm like, oh, I, I can, it's a sort of like magic without all the practice. You don't have to learn, you know, to do a real card trick. You got to know what you're doing, but to right. do a video trick, it's like, You just point the camera there and yell off camera that you're, and it sounds like you're falling down a cliff. That's perfect. So that was. Do you recall as a, as a
0: kid receiving any sort of significance or attention from that? Did you
1: ever present them to other people? Like, did you create an audience or anything like that? That's good. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I, I didn't actually, it was like, I don't, my family was supportive of it and my neighbor and my brother, we would all sit down and watch our movies that we made. This is later when I got a VHS camera. But I never really – yeah, I never was really recognized. I used to draw a lot, so that mm-hmm. was what I would mostly get recognized for. I'd be like, oh, you're going to be an artist someday. And I'm like – I see. But the funny thing was, and I wish I still had these drawings, I would draw behind-the-scenes pictures. You know the big airbag that stuntmen would jump into? Yeah. I used to draw that scene. I don't even know how I knew it because there wasn't that much stuff available back then on TV. Yeah. Sometimes at the end of a VHS. It was like Mad Magazine and yeah. cool things in print. And I would just draw that scene of like – I would see the camera guy and – so that's the stuff I would doodle, mm-hmm. but they would just be like, "Oh, great drawing!" Instead of recognizing that it was like all kind of coming together towards video-related and filmmaking stuff.
0: Did you ever showcase any of your little videos to friends and family? Like, kind of gather around the living
1: room and be like, "Ta-da!" That's what's weird. I know. It. So that's where I think my timid—is timidness would be that be a word? Timidus. Yeah. Timid. Timid. Timidness. Tim. Shyness. <laughs> Yeah, I was shy. Yeah. And so I definitely didn't want that much attention. It would only I actually I think in some cases I'd be like I would wait until my parents left and then it would just be me and my friends, my peers. Why and it would just Why do you I don't think know. That is? I never really thought about it. I think I, I just I was very easily embarrassed. So I thought I, I don't want to be embarrassed because I know it's stupid, but I don't want it to be that stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I never really thought about it. It just was like my acceptable way of handling it where I just did I knew I enjoyed it, but not. I didn't want to do it for all the fame and glory. I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to make something that I saw on TV. That's right. That was sort of my thing to like replicate something that I'm like, look, I can even do this. I thought that was the cool factor, not, hey, everybody, look what I just did. Dun, 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 dun. And big when, bow. when
0: you were a little kid, what were what were some of the things that were going on that time that captivated your imagination? Whether if there were movies, television shows, comics, cartoons, toys, like what were the things that were... That was part of your time. MacGyver was number one. Wow! Now that's not really hey, film. Know, I, or- I don't even know who MacGyver is. I don't know what MacGyver is. I thought MacGyver was like a thing that The Simpsons joked about. That, they, that like McBain, they created things inside The Simpsons. Like I, I didn't know that MacGyver was a real thing. Like it, it. There's an actor that played MacGyver. Who is the actor?
1: Like I've never heard of this person. Yeah, and I. It's gonna in pop culture. Yeah, and people that really are fans of MacGyver, I can't. I'm. That's they're like gonna, their Doctor Who. Yeah, and they're gonna be mad at me because I can't remember the actor's name. Okay. Which is a really, oh man. But whatever the case though, as a kid, I'm not trying to shit no. on MacGyver. I'm just saying, like I, I,
0: I, I didn't. I, I like not one thing comes to my mind. I think the closest thing I would be it.
1: MacGruber from Saturday Night Live. Okay. So that, that was a parody. That of was MacGyver? a parody of the real MacGyver. Now that's okay. where the problem is. So you would see that out of context, and now yes. you're, or even didn't they even make a MacGruber movie? I think they yeah, did. there's a movie. There's a so, movie. and even if you, I said, hey, check this out. Here's the link. Watch all the MacGyvers. It wouldn't be the same because as a kid, yeah. here's a guy that I'm looking like. Oh, well, not someday. Which is funny to think. I was actually thinking of this the other day. I'm like, I'm actually older now than I was than MacGyver was in that show. But wow. as a kid, I'm like, someday I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna wear a cool leather jacket. I'm gonna figure out how to fix stuff and be like this sort of like this normal a superhero that's just a normal dude that just happens to be like kind of smart and witty with his mm-hmm. like gadgetry and stuff. But yeah. that even though there was no totally no reference to video or filmmaking in that, I was just like, okay, that's who I want to be when I grow up, and I'm gonna take that version of myself and i'm gonna make movies which at the same time this is gonna be real old school wow there's a show called the fall guy mm. this is like this is actually old for me i think it was reruns he as i was a kid and ironically enough i just heard a commercial from the actual actor and he's like hey everybody this is the fall guy sign up for pandora and i'm like what wow. what are the chances of that because he's old this is old school the fall guy was that show completely was based around a stuntman that what had all these like adventures and he was like a crime fighting guy. Because secretly, yes, I loved film, but I really wanted to be a stuntman. I didn't mention that earlier. Yeah. Well I mean it was indicative in your drawings. Yeah, and that's where I was like, I wanna make films, I'll do it myself, but I'm totally gonna be a stuntman someday. I didn't I didn't really lock into the telling the story i just knew that somebody had to hit record on the camera i'll do it since i figured out how i see, I see. so but anyways i don't know if i've already lost track of the, even the question at hand but those two shows yeah. and then you obviously would have like night rider so there's like these guys that were older than me that i'm like okay these guys are, are cool, cool guys and like the fall guy if you ever look him up on the internet yeah super cool truck i mean in the intro yeah. he's jumping he's doing all the stunts so he's and the whole intro song itself kind of describes the whole. And I'm like, this is so cool. I'm gonna be him, and I'm gonna be like MacGyver, and it's gonna be like this cool world I'm gonna live in. Wow. And I lived it out, and here I am today. Well,
0: you know that's <laughs> funny because flash forward in the future, you made build videos like I mean, try CRV. Like, what are some, what are like the top three that you can think of that maybe got the most attention of like uh, build your own tripod or build your own light stand or build
1: your own fill in the blank for you that that, that you created on YouTube. My, and I would call it my MacGyver moment, Okay, is the viewfinder. The LCD viewfinder DIY, I it was an idea I came up with, and I was like, I'm going to just do it. It's like you get a container, a baby powder container, you cut it, and you stick it on the back of an LCD screen on the back of a camera. Yeah, I remember that video when it came out. And it was, it was sort of a, a twofold thing, and I guess in a way, I, and maybe I had a little bit of pride behind it because I'm like, one, I filmed it, had never made one ever. It was the first one I ever made in that really? video. Wow. So I didn't even know if it would work. It was just like, it made so much sense in my mind. So I was like, I am MacGyver because it did work. When I finished right. the video, I'm like, it actually <laughs> worked. But in a way, I'm like, I probably should have done a couple. <laughs> in- that is
0: a MacGyver moment, right? Because he never <laughs> yeah. thinks it's going to work. It just it just does work because <laughs> he's MacGyver.
1: And I was so excited. But that's where I was like, that definitely was one of my ones. I'm like, this, I actually do have something that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I made another video. It might even came out before that where it was a... It was a camera trick for simulating a, a steady cam mm. and you basically stand in the middle, have somebody run around you, and you just kind of, on the tripod, just pan around circular. Mm-hmm. Well, because the viewer doesn't know you're spinning, all they see is somebody running left to right the whole time. So mm-hmm. visually, you don't have the perspective of a circle. You just have visually a straight line. Did you ever get to see that tutorial? I at never all? saw that one. That's like my pride and joy. That's because a great one. It, and I, it's something. This is what's so weird. These references because I actually got the idea watching a Gary Shandling TV show. Okay, like which thing. one? There was an episode where he was on set and the trees were moving in this big circle. Yeah. And he was just standing, like acting like he's running, and the trees are moving behind him. And I don't know what the skip what, oh, or the show is so cool. about. Yeah. Well, and I know after, and this is what's so cool about the internet. I uploaded the video and somebody referenced, there's actually an old director. He might be, and I'm going to, I think he might be a Japanese director Mm. or a Chinese director, but he actually created that effect that I was talking about. The original one where you have the actor run around the camera circular. Yeah. And in the video I have, it's actually my nephew. He runs through the woods. And so it looks like it's like a perfect way to track somebody through the woods with no steady cam. Like you just have them run around you and all you see is trees. Yeah, it's it's such a cool effect. And that was yeah. another one where I'm like, let's see if it works. And it's yeah. the only time I've ever done it, <laughs> like in that video. Yeah, I remember those early videos had the attitude of like, let's see if it works,
0: you know, like and that was that was part of the fun. And and, and hearing your your influences from from day one, being a stuntman meant that you were in front of the camera, but also kind of protected because you're 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 during the highlight reel. Right. And the MacGyver stuff, you actually did build, you know, tutorials and and kind of props and, and things like that. And a little uh, camera hacks that came out during a time where the modern 21st century digital filmmaker could actually apply these things. And so in a way, you were kind of like this surrogate film school for a lot of people, for a lot of people like me that were like, oh, wow, that's a tip that maybe I don't have to pay for because mm-hmm. I'm getting it for free. This guy's already doing it, you know, and, and, and that was something that, you know, I must have subscribed to you. If only we could go back and check, I must have subscribed to you. 2010, maybe? 2009, 2010, 2011? Oh, wow, okay. Like, right before, just right maybe on the edge of the DSLR revolution, which people hearing this might not give a shit about <laughs> that, but, but uh. filmmakers of, of, of our time, I mean, I'm filming on a DSLR right now, Um, it was filmmakers like you and I I keep saying filmmaker but you know whether however you want to identify like content creator or or what have you but future you know fellow makers such as yourself like you know encouraged me to say yeah I I can do this on no budge
1: Mm -hmm. and you were you were carrying that flag for a while uh, in my eyes that's so well so that's where I want to let's go back I know I'm answering a lot of these questions because I want to your original question throw it back at you in that sense so you would have saw one of my first videos or maybe a couple of them or whatever. What was happening for you at that time? Were you already established? Like when did, when did it kick in for you when you said, all right, here we go. I'm going to do the filmmaking.
0: So, you know, I can give you the timeline 2000 between 2004 and 2007 was a very awkward time with the internet 2.0, like where it was at, you know, like YouTube just came out on the scene, but there was no, HD necessarily. Okay. You know, and there was no, like I, I, you posted this video recently and once again, people right now are just dropping like flies hearing this, but (laughs) stay with me. You posted a video of, I think it was a, I don't know if it was a JVC or Panasonic three megapixel or like four megapixel camera. D D-snap. I had one just like that. Oh, cool. It was just like it and I bought it off of QVC for $500. I was working at a Church's Chicken. I don't know if they have that over here in Virginia, but in the South, Church's Chicken, right, it's like a KFC. And I'm a senior. Ce- uh, am a senior in high school, and I save enough money and I buy that. Wow. And the memory cards at the time, I believe, are like 256 megabytes. Yeah, and expensive and, too at that. And expensive at the time. <laughs> like your average computer had maybe 30 gigabytes of mm-hmm. you know space, and now people's phones are, have more. Nevertheless, it, it was like a crude time, and it was awkward where there was really there was no creative middle class. There was no. Um, 1080p that was in the, in your pocket, right? So I remember buying that camera. It was it, it had three options: one megapixel video, three megapixel video, five megapixel video, and it took stills. Mm-hmm. And I bought that, and I did a lot of backyard wrestling stuff with it. But because technology was so crude during that time, my headspace to answer your question was: Well, I want to make the big movies. I need the big gear. Well, that either Involved going to film school, or going to Hollywood, and you know all that stuff. So this was three years before it became it became um, realistic for people to spend a thousand dollars and get really, really good quality, like television quality. If you had the right ingredients, the lens and the light, and and the actors and the space, if you had the right ingredients, like you could pull it off. Uh, so so quick, your though. videos came just at that time where it did become practical to to have filmmaking of that quality so then you could kind of be legitimate to the public right to the people to the hometown you could be legitimized because the quality is good but then it was about the actual practic- practical implementation of it the application of okay well how do I pull off a tracking shot because okay. now that that's even a possibility digital high high quality HD filmmaking now that that's a possibility how do you pull off that shot because I'm not going to spend $10,000 on a steady steady cam or whatever, mm-hmm. or on tracks. So finding these little hacks that were creative to me was like this whole new genre. It was like a whole new frontier. And I remember it was 2009, 2010, where I remember in between getting that cheapo QVC camera to my first DSLR, in between that, this is terrible and terrible advice, and I've never said this in public, and it's, it's shameful. But I remember getting... I must've been like 19, 20 years old, getting credit cards, maxing them out at Best Buy for handycams, and I just never paid them. They eventually fell off, but it was terrible, and I I was not being very responsible, but I got handy cams, and I I took those to its zenith, Um, but that was like my trajectory, was like editing on VHS, getting that digital, it was like my first being in the digital foray was getting that QVC 5-megapixel camera, then getting the Handycam, then going to the T2i, which we were talking about off mic. And th- that's where it started. So for me, um, that was the headspace of the time is is struggling what what was possible.
1: So I interrupted you earlier because I was thinking when you said it was finally available. Yeah. I'm wondering if I'm thinking what you were referring to. What was finally available? Was it depth of field in a DSLR? Was that the turning point? Because like that thing of saying, it was finally available to make the big boy movies yeah to me it was depth of field when the dslr came out and i was like wait a second now my videos actually look like because that was the whole yeah. thing through vhs yeah. it was like oh i'm filming on this super 8 camera why doesn't mm-hmm. it look like what the movies look like and yeah. it was without knowing it at the time i didn't even know the word depth of field yeah same i here. just knew i wanted to blurry the blurry right. backgrounds yeah so for me it was that but is that what it, you meant or were you just talking technology i being think cheap? so
0: I think it was depth of field, you know, um, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, I can recall the video and I've talked to shout out to Cody Weber, who he doesn't know this yet, but he's going to be a future guest on this show. Um, it was one of his videos that I recall seeing on YouTube where the sharpness was sharp as attack. I I, I know now that he had a a Canon 70 with a 50 millimeter 1.4. So I know that now, but at the time I didn't even know that that was, those were the ingredients for the picture. I just thought the camera made it look like that. So when I got my first T2i with the kit lens, I was like, why doesn't it look like that? <laughs> oh, I got to spend an extra $100 on, on a 50 mil 1.8. What does that even mean and why is that important? Oh, I got to get the right subject and the right lighting conditions with the right white balance. And, and then film school kind of began for me in mm-hmm. 2010. But uh, okay. yeah, so I, I do think it was the, the depth of field, the quote unquote cinematic look, which is such a buzzword nowadays. But <laughs> at the time, you know, it became possible before and for a you know still still expensive you know for a whole kit maybe i think my first kit was i think five thousand dollars is being i think that's being unrealistic but it may have been i can't recall if it was three thousand dollars or how much i spent on my first dslr in that entire kit but that was practical i was working at mcdonald's at the time i was 20 years old and I was just saving up paychecks. I wouldn't even cash them until I, I reached my goal. Wow. And then I cashed them all in and uh, got my first DSLR. Yeah, I recall that. And uh, being very upset that... Um,
1: Wasn't it a bummer? Being
0: very upset that it didn't look like that, the results didn't come out of that out of the box. And I'm still upset about that <laughs> So much work. nine years later.
1: Well, and you know what? This is where I, I'm not going to like try to justify it because I know there's this whole thing of like, a movie isn't about the camera you use, it's about the story and all this stuff. Yeah, 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 but this camera looks different. Like, that's where I've—exactly, I had the same track record. Yeah. I I used to have—there was a video camera that recorded on cassette tape, the PXL 2000. Mm-hmm. That thing came out, and that changed my life. But it was black and white, super low resolution. Mm-hmm progressed into VHS. I hated when I would edit on VHS. You get these rainbows that would come through the camera. Yeah, I like and that. Now, now that's oh, like, like a it? style. Yeah, it's like a style. But at the time, yeah. it was like the worst thing you wanted was a copy of the movie because the copy yeah. always looked worse, all that stuff. That's true. But as that progression, it never had... And this is where maybe I'm not like a true filmmaker because I wasn't so much worried about the story. I just wanted my video to look like what I saw in the film. And once yeah. I switched that dial to 24 frames, on my, this is on my mm. T2i, switch mm. it to 24 frames a second, and then... I was like tick 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 tick. All right, let's hit record. And I was like, oh my goodness, there it is. That's that's the look. And it and it looks and it it was almost like it was like that era. If you remember, everything was way out of focus. Like there was so much depth of field, yeah, of it was course. like overdone. But yeah. we had to learn. We learned the hard way. But yeah. that's where I'm like, nope i'm totally like I, I needed that i wanted well, it's that like look the,
0: you know kids nowadays can relate to it it's like the modern day instagram like the early instagram adopters like everybody had a filter even though it, you didn't need one you know everybody had the borders and all that stuff to to cre- recreate the old photographic look but digitally right i mean depth of field was that for for digital filmmakers and so that was kind of the the turning point for me was like, oh, I could totally abandon film school. I don't need that because now I have my greasy paws on on this technology. Now it was like, now let's focus on a story and, and you know, make my money back with all this gear. Mm-hmm. It became it became that. And I'm still kind of chasing that right now, man. But fo- following your, your YouTube videos, um, there was a while where I, I consumed nothing but um Newman Films content and film riot content mm-hmm. and uh guys like you wh- which who were my film school. Like without you guys, I don't know if I would have even thought it was possible. And, and and I don't even think that was your intent at the time was let's encourage these filmmakers to go out and make stuff. Because you were also going out and making stuff for the first time too at that mm-hmm. scale. Can you recall at that time what was going on through your head? Yeah, a couple of things.
1: Um well because like there was a couple like the i know the idea that i did the tutorial that i mentioned about where you run around the person runs around the camera that was an idea i came up with when i was in high school years before like it was just an idea i'm like i think this would be so cool because like the gary shandling show that was super old and that's not 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 the uh not the larry sanders show oh wait gary shandling because it's it's gary shandling because he had a like a sort of like a sitcom variety yeah, show? And, that one, right? And I could be mixed up with the name, but it, it was that No,
0: but he played a character named Larry Sanders. Yeah. Anyways, that's
1: another thing. I know that but, is, but I was young enough where it was just like this cool idea that yeah. I got the So reference it was from. the
0: original Gary shandling show. I think so that's yeah. crazy.
1: That's awesome. It's old school. But uh that carried over where I was finally I finally was able to do a tutorial. I'm like, oh wow, this is a cool idea. And I I don't know I don't want to lose the perspective of the question you asked, but I'm thinking of it was building in my mind of like, okay I can recreate these things that I've actually been thinking about for the past ten years. Yeah, I have a couple more ideas, but it what I knew that I was also limited to. Well, I'm not actually doing this actively. Like I'm not like making a film next week, and this is the t- like when that was the stuff I was seeing on YouTube. I would watch the guys that I'm like, oh wow, like Newman films, like they're actually making a feature, a little short or whatever cool. it would be, but and they're using these tricks they're sharing, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna fake it. I'm gonna make it look like I'm. I understand how this concept works. I'm going to show how this camera rig is going to be really useful. Mm-hmm. The camera rigs I actually did use, but I was using them as I was building them. So it was still fresh. And I mm-hmm. felt like I, I put all these rules, I gave them to myself where I'm like, I shouldn't really do a tutorial on something I haven't really experienced a lot of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? You were thinking about that then? Yeah. That So that started right away because I was just like this. I feel like I'm sort of like lying in a way because some of my ideas are just ideas I just came up with and they happen to right. work. Yeah. And some of them I'm like, I did this and I still never did a tutorial on I did a camera cage that I thought was pretty cool, but I never Mm -hmm. used it ever. Mm -hmm. And it still sits in my house. I have a couple of them built. But I'm like, I've never used it, so I shouldn't show how to use it because no and I I assumed other people wouldn't use it, but I don't I do different productions than other people. Mm -hmm. Like I don't do skateboarding videos. Maybe it's perfect for that. But Mm -hmm. those are the things that I was thinking. I don't know if that was was that the actual question? Yeah. (laughs) Man, I can recall
0: I can recall thinking I was all that in 2011, going on my first indie film set, and uh, they put out like a Craigslist ad, and they're like, hey, we're looking for volunteers, you know, like boom operators, and I said, hey, I'll, I'll do, what do you guys need? We need a boom operator. I said, cool, I'll, I'll do that. I had a, I had a microphone, I had an H4N, but I didn't have a boom pole. And so I remember, I don't know who, maybe it was you, but maybe it wasn't. I remember you being like, hey, how do you DIY boom pole? And I found, um, you know, like those rolling paint, sticks yeah i found use that as a boom pole and i was like i have one and so i went to this film set with that with the rolling paint you know how you paint drywall whatever that you know kind of stick like handle for the listeners and uh i put my my microphone on that and and i was like cool like you know i'm here and i remember the director was like so embarrassed And I didn't know how ghetto that was or how ghetto that was going to be. And, and I was like, let's do it. You know, DIY filmmaker all the way. And she was just like, knives, we, we have a boom pole. So we have one you can use. And I was like, oh, okay. But I, I, I lived it. I, I, I breathed it, man. Like I was a DIY filmmaker. I didn't care. Like to me, it was like, are you too good where you don't need my help? Like this isn't okay. But now I feel like if I were to create like that little cage that you said, and I were to take it now, I feel like I would be judged if it wasn't, you know, a thousand dollars. Like it has to, it has to look legit and official because now everybody's a content creator and everybody's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, now it has to look really, really legit. So I feel like I would be laughed out of the building if today I walked in with a paint roller, boom mic, boom pole. But at the time, man, I thought I was cutting edge.
1: And that little, that's funny, like that little adapter, I have one in my car. I've, I made one and I've always had it in my car. The boom pole? It's not the boom pole. It's just the stick. There was a little tutorial I saw where you take uh. the, the handle part, yeah. you cut it and you put a, a quarter 20 screw. There was uh. this little screw that you could get a quarter 20 at one end and the other end's a, a screw and you just use a wrench. Mm. And that little handle then becomes a handle that has a. The receiving end can go on a painter's pole yeah. and the other end a mic can mount to. That's right. And I've never used it, but I've always had it because I thought, worst case scenario, I can grab it and use it. Yeah. But I know I thought about, oh, this doesn't look that professional. I sort of tried to decorate <laughs> it so it would. But that's interesting, <laughs> though, that you actually just did it and you're just like, I I'll, got one. I'm good.
0: I'll tell you, man, like, true story. This just happened today. I'm in Washington, D.C., recording some podcasts. Um, and you had made a, you had made a mention when you came into the hotel room, like, wow, like your setup, like it looks pretty complex. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't look too complex, you know, but there are wires running all over the place. And I was getting a little overwhelmed, like setting up my podcast. Cause I was in a very, very small room, like so small, like it must've been like a six by six, like, and I set it up with three people in there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, my whole setup just looked so messy and there's so wires all over the place and i said to myself i was alone in this room and i said to myself today knives you ghetto fuck (laughs) because all this stuff like should be more streamlined it should look more professional but deep down inside man i'm like but i'm gonna get it done I don't care if it looks great like yeah. I'm going to cross that finish line every the, every piece of content is like scaling a mountain it's it's finishing a marathon and I don't care if it's ugly sometimes like I'm going to do it mm. and much I'll be honest sometimes that's to my detriment man but I still carry that indie spirit of I will be that guy I'm like it's 2018 I'm 30 years old I'm not I'm not above going inside a shopping cart to get that shot you okay. know what I mean, okay, yeah, I'm still that guy deep
1: down inside, and uh, it might be your fault a little bit, well, that's cool, and see that's the thing like maybe this is like all the honesty where I'm like i I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> now that's where I' when I think about like that's awesome that some of the stuff I've been able to share has been helpful for you because I know I'm like that was my intent, but like I also I never said it in the videos, but I kind of want to be like, I've never actually done this myself, and I don't know if I ever will, but I think it'll be good for you guys. It's sort of like I'm the guy that's in the. The tackle shop, but MacGyver would never say that. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I think it, logically this should work. Here you go. Good luck. That's why I was joking. I'm like, I should just, I should just call my channel the hypothetical filmmaker. Like everything mm-hmm. was just like a theory. Like in theory, this would be the ideal setup. Right. It's th- there's irrelevant now, and I. But there was always been this tutorial I wish I would have done, which was I was going to do a, a boom pool camera, but there was this little you could get them on eBay. It was a little wireless surveillance camera you could buy mm-hmm. and it had a wireless receiver and it was mm-hmm. like a little thing but i was going to mount it in my diy viewfinder and with a mirror mm-hmm. so i could actually have a remote lcd screen yeah i could see it oh, but shit. it would basically just be a camera point at the lcd screen super yeah. ghetto yeah yeah but at the time this was like 2010 that would have been pretty cutting edge to have a wireless yes. lcd never because that
0: would have cost you know what two thousand, three thousand yeah. dollars minimum? My setup
1: would have cost like a hundred bucks total. Yeah, but anyways, that and was that's something. what
0: it was all about, man. Yeah. It, it it was about at the time, and I think it still is. Like I look at your modern filmmakers today as the new garage band, and to me, hey, if you want to make music, well, then you go to the pawn shop and you get whatever guitar you find, and and mm-hmm. uh, you you make it work, man. You know, I, I'm not above being super fancy, and you know, as a kid and being younger, like I never felt like I needed all the right things before I could do something. I never felt like, okay, I need all the right gear. I need everything to be perfect before I could do something. I just wanted to do it so bad. And still to this day, like I will sacrifice a YouTube thumbnail because I just want to I just want it to be up already. So bad. I'll just put like I'll just put a drag and drop whatever you know, thumbnail I can think of and put whatever I want for the title sometimes, much to my detriment. Hmm. Because I just want it to be up so bad. I still care about that
1: see that's so that's i think the opposite of that so i'm stuck on the other end where i'm like it needs to be perfect and that's where years go by and i'm still talking about an lcd viewfinder that doesn't exist there's no re- relevance or use for it but i'm like i think it'd be cool because i want it to be exactly and i should have just literally just drew a picture on a chalkboard and said i think this would be cool guys thanks for watching and have that be the whole video and that way at least the idea would be out there floating around yeah but yeah, that definitely, I think, to just get it out there. You might kick yourself and be like, ooh, and maybe cringe later. Sometimes. But that's where I'm like, what? that's sort of like that better to love and loss mentality. It's like, is it better to cringe or is it better to have a conversation about a woulda? Hey, I, I woulda or I should have done this. Oh, that's cool. I did do that. It just wasn't that good. Oh, I wait, you did do it? Like, I can s- I watch? I saw it?
0: this movie the other day and Woody Harrelson said, I rather go for the win and lose by 100 points. Then get so close to like you know being five points away, but saying ah, but we should have went for the win, you know what I mean? And to me, that's I, I, yes. I'm I'm that kind of uh, competitive with myself or aggressive. where... you know, we were talking about this when we were you know having dinner right now, fancy dinner, super fancy, and uh, a lot of technicality went into those burgers. I'll was, say
1: was, they were really good. By the they way, they
0: were yeah. good. Uh, I. I was just thinking, um, shit. I lost my shit, train of thought sorry. there. No, it's all good. I was just thinking about that food because uh, I got, <laughs> I had medium and you had medium well. But man, medium, I, I wouldn't regret that. I'd do that again.
1: Um, um, going all in, I think, is something that. Um, Woody Harrelson, he's going. He's winning. He'd rather try to win than to. Oh no.
0: No, it's all good. Um, I don't know. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. This is all part of the magic, man. It happens. I had a brain fart, but uh, um. So I did want to ask, going back to you know, I think I figured out. I think we jumped a lot, like you going from being a kid and and finding these heroes and 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 trying uh, new filmmaking things out to doing your YouTube channel. What 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 was in between that?
1: That's a good question. Good question. Everything. And I did jump around a little bit because as you were even talking, I'm like getting images. We're just
0: so comfortable that I think now we can skip all that. And so we kind of just went to third base. But let's go back to second for a second. And uh, what was in between before, before YouTube for you?
1: So, yeah, the main thing was YouTube doesn't exist. The idea of it, that concept of it, there was no, for me at least, I, I didn't even imagine it could be a thing. So it was all about, all right. I want to start making videos for public access. That's the access that I have abilities to get onto. I can find a ch- that's one channel every city has. You, you pay, like in all, my city, it was twenty five dollars. Even though it was supposed to be free, you had to pay a service charge for handling. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, man, I'll figure out a way to do it. Um, prior to that, when I, I went to school in Art Institute of Pittsburgh for a, two years, and it was like the, it was it was it was a good degree. So you have a degree. It's a degree, and it's, it's called a specialized associate's degree. And this is something that always stays with me. When I was filling out this form at the end of the year, I asked my teacher. I'm like, what is my degree? And he's like, uh, just write associate's degree. I'm like, wait, what is my degree? <laughs> like He just waved it off. It's, it's called a specialized associate because it oh. was sort of like hyper-focused on video production. I see. But it was in the era where they were transitioning off of VHS, but they didn't have new machines. So we learned everything on beta, tapes, and VHS. So wow. we had one avid editor. And so that was like, hey, this is going to be the standard issue. And so I sort of have an education in analog editing, hmm. mostly. But anyways, so I did that. But and during this was what was I thought like, wait a second, well, going back, we, my buddy uh, John, he had had a public access show in New York years before he went to school, like when he was in high school. So he kept submitting tapes, and they kept airing stuff. And in, in college, we started doing stuff. And so locally in Pittsburgh, they have a public access. So we started submitting. Our little skits and shows. This is all in VHS mm-hmm. and stuff. That some of the stuff were just school projects. We're like, let's just put it on. So that was still there. So th- that is the in between leading up. That's that was way back though. It's like 1998. So this is way before YouTube. But at the time, it was like, okay, public access. A couple more years, we're gonna eventually maybe make a film or maybe get have a paid access and maybe have commercial breaks and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But nothing happened because it was just that era of like the internet was dial up internet there was no way to upload videos unless you had a server and a Mm -hmm. way to upload videos to your own website that's right so 2000 1999 came 2000 2001 2002 i'm like okay i'm a couple years out of college i'm trying to get like legitimate work so it kind of switched into i just got to get a video job i'm the only one in my family with a degree Mm -hmm. and there meanwhile most of them way earning tons of money because they just worked right out of high school and so they're yeah. working their way up and i'm like coming in with this diploma yeah. going working and trying to submit it into a creative and job. you're
0: in ohio right now
1: yeah it's in ohio so that's probably going like too detailed but basically my sh- my focus wasn't about i'm gonna make movies it was about i have to find a job because my student loans cost a lot of money every month mm-hmm. and i'm working and i ended up working back on my old job which was like valet parking cars and it was cool because I'd have downtime. I remember it wasn't a laptop, but it was a computer in the office. And I would just sit there during the downtime and I would just write up all these to-do lists. So I'm like, oh, and I started to learn how to design websites and stuff. So then my focus shifted back to the graphic and art design stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I can't make a movie or anything, but I can write storyboards and I can just, yeah. I can so that's sort of uh where it, the in between and then all of a sudden YouTube came out and my friends like, Hey, check out this the same guy, John. Hey Dave, check out this channel, it's called YouTube. I'm like, mm sounds kind of like is it porn just tell me is it porn he's like no no, it's a channel you can upload stuff and it was weird because i i wish i would have like i didn't know at the time to document it but i wish i would have just recorded with whatever device and said okay here's the deal because it was literally within like two days i saw the site and i was like that's pretty cool and then i'm like i'll create an account and i uploaded something to it and in those days i don't know if it was 2005 are you did you know youtube back then Yeah, i did so they had their main screen, I'll describe it for those that don't know. Like their main screen would be up and when you would upload a video, you'd see your thumbnail sort of like push across the screen and it would get pushed by a new upload. And yeah. I remember this is kind of embarrassing. Oh thinking, yeah, those were the days. It was like brand new. So I remember I emailed the company because I thought they were still like a small company. They were sort of small compared to <laughs> This is to now. before Google. And so this is where everything went on pause. And I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm like, hey YouTube if you're I love your your this idea if you send me a shirt I would totally wear it and promote your company like I was I wrote them because I was like hey this yeah. is cool yeah but that's when it suddenly and I didn't even think about that it might millions of people might watch it I just thought it was cool that it was like whoa this is a service I can upload for free because up until then it was like pay ten dollars a month and you can have our our internet service and you can upload 300 megabytes per video per month or whatever and it was like these weird like, things, and this is all still, like, I was, I think I was still on dial-up back then. But, mm-hmm. anyways, that's all the details there, my shift was all the, like, the idea sort of shifted with YouTube. I'm like, okay, I was doing graphic design. I, I always still had interest in video, but there was no output. I didn't, wasn't making movies or anything. And so that was, like, I guess the longest story. is to say, as soon as YouTube hit, I'm like, wait a second, I don't have to move to California. I thought up mm-hmm. until then, because when I graduated high, or college... Me and my buddy moved to Florida. If you're familiar with Full Sail College, are you yeah. familiar with that? Yeah, I have was a friend like... that graduated there with a
0: master's in film. Great. What's he doing now? Is he he hasn't he hasn't made a okay. movie yet. And I, man, I, I feel like such a jerk because every few months I say, uh man, I've uh, I've challenged him a few times." And Sven, I'm I'm sure he's going to hear this. <laughs> make something, man. If 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 you do want to make movies, I mean, you got a nice degree, you got you got the brain, just. Just make it. But yeah, Full sale, And uh,
1: yeah, he's got a master's degree in film, man. Well, I, I, I jumped around, but I graduated college, went to Florida because I had two friends that went down there. And one of them, they both were going to Full sale, And, I'm and like, so you
0: moved to Florida for a I moved bit? to
1: Florida. I have oh, cousins wow. there. And I'm like, this is my move. I wasn't willing to sacrifice. I wasn't going to go to California. But I'm like, I'll go to Florida. There's productions down there. Clarissa Explains It All, Universal Studios. Like, I know these That's Nickelodeon right. shows. Meanwhile, those shows have been off the air for years. Yeah. They don't make productions down there. I didn't know oh, this until I moved there. And oh, I'm wow. Like, Universal Studios is really just a tourist attraction. They don't, Mm -hmm. they have a couple, at the time they had a roller derby show, I think called Roller Girls or Roller something. But Mm -hmm. I got there and then I realized Full Sail is not Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Like it is like legit school. You can't even go Mm -hmm. inside the school without like a badge. My old school in Pittsburgh, it was like, it was just like the downtown. You just walk in. Hey, yeah. how you doing? You say hi to the security guard. That was the security. Yeah, yeah. And so anyone could come and go, and it was like, I thought, we're going to get to Florida. We'll be able to use all their equipment. Maybe then we'll be surrounded by all these filmmakers. And it was it didn't work out that like that at all because our friends sort of disbanded from us. They became mm-hmm. friends with their friends in college, mm-hmm. and so I didn't make any videos. I hung out with some improv troupe. I videotaped their improv like shows, which was pretty fun. But they didn't, nothing ever happened to those videos. They were just for like internal use. Like they would just show their friends and stuff. But that was as much filmmaking as I did. We did a couple skits with them. I remember going out with them and I thought, oh, this is it. This will be the thing. Yeah. I'll follow the the improv troupe around because at the time back then, I'm trying to think what was on MTV. Um, there was a show called The Human Giant. I think that was around that yeah, era, Human I Giant. think. And so I was like, well, we know real life improv people. This is like our version. We're going to, uh, we'll, we'll get famous with them.
0: I, am I wrong or was that a.
1: Later, did it come later? Uh, what's his name? The the there was the other one. The
0: Aziz was on that Human yes, Giant. Yes, yeah, that's where he broke.
1: Okay, yeah, and there was another group called. Can't think of the name of it. They were an improv group. Citizen Upright Citizens Brigade. That's right. They're huge. And so that our idea was like these guys are hilarious, and this is yeah. all before like I mean I, there was no cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these guys are, these are our actors and they're improv actors. So we don't even have to write a script. We can just film them, do cool, funny things. And that never really went because they were older than us. And it was like this weird thing of, in my mind going back, I'm like, man, what would it have been like if I had a cell phone? Like if I had an iPhone four even Mm -hmm. with internet connection. Yeah. It's a whole different era now, but back sure. then, so like I it was just barely. I remember using the payphone at our apartment complex because I couldn't afford that's right. It was the ten ten two twenty dial around, so you get like a one dollar long distance call. Uh-huh. Do you remember those? I remember those, curios. yeah, yeah, it's a little bit before your time, but that was like how you called home, like okay. And then we wouldn't even do it, we would just do a run. One, I remember
0: like 1 800 collect, okay, yeah, like and you that. could
1: do those, but we would, I would hang up, get my quarterback or uh-huh. my dollar back or whatever, yeah, and then they would call the oh that's smart
0: that's smart (laughs) because
1: it was like because i couldn't afford a dollar yeah anyways those are all those details but um the improv group that was the closest to almost doing a film there was a film festival down there i didn't submit anything to my buddy did but he didn't even submit his real film that he made he submitted a film that he made in college (laughs) but but it was like oh we're in the community we're hanging out with filmmakers and it just died off because it was no connectivity because yeah We were pretty young, fresh out of college. There was no real, I didn't have a cell phone. There was no, like, blogs or forums, like the Frugal Filmmaker or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know, to really lock into. So it was just like, if the guys didn't like you, they just didn't call you, and you just never got invited to anything. So anyways, got back from Florida a year after that. I was like, all right, I'm going back to Ohio, blah, 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 blah. YouTube happens, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. I I can work from home. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like the YouTube today. This is where I don't know who, who might be listening to this. I forgot about, yeah, you were on the homepage, and
0: then you were pushed on. I totally forgot yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, and at the time, it, it came up, and I don't know how many years later, there was a girl named Brookers. Are you familiar with Brookers? No. Okay, so she would have already been unpopular. She was really popular. She was this girl, and she was, wow. there was the word vlog wasn't really, at least in my world, watching yeah. YouTube, I didn't know vlog.
0: I remember the word vlog when it was the wackest thing to say.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so Brookers was like this normal girl, or she wasn't normal. She made the weirdest videos. To go back, you can track her down and watch some of her old videos. They're not that funny in today's standards. Okay. But at the time, it was like, this is like a girl, and she's making the funniest little movies just by herself with like little army men being weird, and all of a sudden, John I think it was John Daly. Wait, The Daily Show, not John Daly. John Stewart. John. St- Wait, not John Stewart. Sorry. Um, who's the guy that dated Jennifer Love Hewitt, or maybe they were married at one point? I don't know. He's like real. He, I think he was on TRL or something. He was the host. Carson Daly. Carson Daly. I see. Carson Daly mm-hmm. fronted a YouTube type show. Did you remember this at all? It was a mm-hmm. whole channel for videos that you could upload. Anyways, Brooker's was popular enough on YouTube that she got. She was the face for this new channel that they were How about create. that? I say channel. It wasn't through YouTube. It was all, its own website. Yeah. And it's obviously Yeah, it didn't, out. it didn't work, yeah. But that was a huge deal. I remember her making a video like, guys, I'm so excited. I don't know. I I hope this doesn't change what happens here on YouTube. And <laughs> wow. then obviously, like, a year later, it was like, what? Who? What? Who? Yeah. What? But anyways, so her, I think, specifically, it shifted my interest where I'm like, oh, I could just make funny little skits. Yeah. And obviously, like, there was no, this wasn't, I don't think it was monetized back then. So it wasn't even no. about monetization. It was just about being able to people show my videos. And, and suddenly, yeah. so I think that wall of the internet shifted yeah. from when I was a kid. I didn't want anyone to see my stuff unless I knew them. But then I was like, well, I don't know who these people are. Any, I would love for a huge audience to watch And they watch don't know who stuff. you are, so they just know the thing. So that did shift for me because I'm like, I would love for, like, hundreds of people or thousands of people to watch this. So... I still never uploaded anything i mean i uploaded that one video that i did which was like an old montage of some old family videos Mm -hmm. and ended up getting flagged years later for music because it had like a popular song on it because that's the other thing i was like i I graduated college but still had no comprehension of copyrighted music in the public domain i'm like wait every all the cool music is music i know yeah how am i supposed to upload a or how am i supposed to make a video without yeah royalty free that was that's a new word for me
0: yeah do you recall, this is such a nerdy tech question, but do you recall the first video that you uploaded on YouTube and how you
1: edited it and what, what it was shot on? Yes. What's that? All right, Movie Maker. Was Movie Maker. Editing I was hoping you'd choice. say that, yeah. Yes, and Movie Maker came in handy on lots of occasions. Well, actually for that one specifically because I edited it in Movie Maker. WMV, mm-hmm. that was how you dealt with everything. <laughs> WMV. Because Real Player was like a pain in the butt. That was the software. And I don't know. Hopefully, Oof, this is interesting. I hate Real Player. I feel like, man, this is what it's like. It's just a bunch of old people talking about the yeah, 2000s. Yeah, that's what it was, man. <laughs> Eat it. But, that's what it was. Yeah, Movie Maker. I, I really liked the software. It worked, it was a free thing. I didn't have any other software. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how I, sh- I think, it, how did I get it? Oh, that was my first big investment. That was my maxed out credit card. I built an editing computer. So I got this wow. thing called a cannabis card. Hmm. And the unique thing about it was it had RCA jacks on it. So you could actually plug a VCR into this thing. Holy. And input VCR into the computer. Wow. So that's how I got it the footage on there. I filmed wow. on VHS. Yeah. And then I inloaded. So but this computer cost like two thousand bucks to set up. So it was yeah. a two thousand dollar computer and it barely could handle this video footage. But i can only imagine. Yeah, in year two thousand it was like for me it was like this is a big deal and I had a mini DV camera, and so it also had a fire port, fire wire port. Mm-hmm. So that was the other input. So it was like it was, was like wow RCA. At the time, that's me just being very limited. I was like, well, VCRs are going to be around for years, and I'm going to need right. this. We didn't know it was dying out quick, but yeah, yeah. So movie maker, that was yeah. my thing. When did you? What did you start out on
0: yours? Um, I was editing on two VCRs from VCR to VCR, and I would record. I'd make like these title cards on paint and then film my television, and oh, those smart. are my title cards. I mean, it was just, I'm talking ghetto of the ghetto of the ghetto. And, um, and then I moved on to, just like you, I got a laptop uh, with my church's chicken money, and Windows Movie Maker was on it, as well as, um, yeah, the WMVs, which I still have an original WMV, uh, like 10 videos that I still have them and you need VLC player to play them. But uh man, boy do I I love those files. I hold on to them because they were made 13 years ago on a laptop from so long ago and I still have them and they're still they're so old like WMV like you couldn't create that codec today if you wanted unless you had that old technology. But uh mm-hmm. I know this is very nerdy, but for people that remember man, like you weren't the only one that had to go through that. Um you had mentioned something I wanted to touch up on about your, your valet gig. And um, I think I just wanted to say that there's so many filmmakers out there and creative people who are working something like a valet gig where they cannot wait till they go, go on their break so they can go on a computer or do mm-hmm. something like that. And I think that's a tremendous time for everybody to daydream when you're working a job that you don't see yourself staying at forever. And... um i've been there i was there just a few years ago working a job that it was just the best place to daydream and for everybody that's that's still there and that is at there enjoy it and write all your to-do lists down and write all your lists sent down and and uh that's where you're going to get a bulk of your creativity when it's when it's when it's your soul trying to leave your body and, and think of something else and there's nothing else you'd rather do than create to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the smaller your sandbox is like the greater that could be for your creativity, the bigger the sandbox, the more options you have that could be the death to creativity. So that's just something I wanted to touch up on, man. As we're, we're wrapping up here. Where are you Dave Knopp at right now? And where where do you see yourself? I know that's kind of cliche. I'm not asking for a, a five-year plan or anything. But mm-hmm. in terms of the future, you know, now now we're in a post-vine world. You know, I, I love your Snapchats mm-hmm. and uh, your Snapchat content, your videos, where you cross-pollinate and you take a Snapchat here, thing here and then you put it on Instagram. And where we are at today, the options are, are limitless. Mm-hmm. And the technology, being able to do what we're doing right now would have cost $100,000. Um, twenty years ago. So the president didn't have this. We have this. It's an incredible time to to be a filmmaker, to be a creative. Where do you see yourself, um, in the future? Where do you want to go? Provided that you know you have a little bit of generosity and luck and luck sprinkled
1: along your way. Good question. Good question. A few seconds I've had to think about this <laughs> because I know, like, for me right now, if I had just just go with my gut, definitely. I I know what i want to like pursue is so like in my mind of like oh moving out to california and i'll be a gaffer for 20 years that's i'm past that i'm not interested in that i know even with before hearing like my impact and just those tutorials that have affected you i still know that that i want that to exist that's the main thing i want to be able to share ideas that inspire people mm-hmm. i think there's definitely been and that's where I'm like, all right, I had a little hiccup where I, I sort of, it's easy to get caught up in like, whoa, people like me. This is so cool. I'm I'm a cool person. And mm-hmm. it becomes about me. But I don't, that's so like short-lived compared to when I go back and watch some older tutorials and I still get a comment here and there. And I'm like, oh, it's still affecting people in a positive way. Wow. So I know that I, I would say in, in inspiring and educating people with the stuff that I at least... Just because I feel like, and, and hopefully it's not a depressing thing, but I'm like, there's certain things I don't care as much about. Like, I don't really want to necessarily move to California and make that film. I always say move to California, but just that idea of like, I like, I want to have this big Hollywood... Like, that's somebody else's dream. And there's definitely things that I'm like, I still want to tell some stories and do some actual films, but I'm like, I'm okay with the timeline not necessarily happening right now. But that's so, yeah, so... To answer that, that's for sure. I I know, going into this, thinking back, it's funny. I I do linger a lot, and I'm stuck in like a ten year. I I really live in the 2011 era of YouTube, and every (laughs) time every time I create a video or something, I'm like, oh wait a second, this is like for a different group, and then I try to modify it instead of just being true to just saying "Eh, it is what it is, whatever.
0: So you got to give like the trolls on Reddit and 4chan like their credit because they're always on the cutting edge. (laughs) They're always on the um. But they're always on the hot topic before we even know what it is, and by then, by the time we figure it out, it's too late. So you have something really amazing going on uh, in a couple of days. Oh yeah. Um, right. Go ahead and tell the listeners this the story about that because I think it's fascinating, and I'm jealous because you know I still want to produce something on on 35 millimeter, on 16 film, uh, millimeter, on 8 millimeter. I still want to make something on celluloid film, and you actually
1: uh, had the opportunity to do that. So fill us in on that. There's a short, excuse me. There's a short film festival. I think it's a. Is that what you call it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a Super 8 film festival, and it consists of a bunch of filmmakers submit into this, and it's a really unique setup. It's called the Super Great Film Festival. It's in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and this has been going on I think almost 14 years. I just recently, just within the last two years, have come to know about it. But you have one roll of film, which is about three minutes, three and a half minutes worth of film. And they give you a camera, they supply it for you. You have to pay this fee to cover all the expenses of the developing of the film, which is around $80 or so. Not bad. And it, it kind of it seems kind of expensive, but like the process of you basically put the camera roll in and you film your film. Mm-hmm. But on like other film festivals where you get it processed, get the film back, and then cut it, everything needs to be done in camera. So everything has to be like, I say linear in the sense of, if you want to change locations, you have to physically shoot the next shot at the mm-hmm. other location, <laughs> and which was so reminiscent because that's oh, how wow. I used to shoot. Did you ever shoot yeah. like that, like yeah, in yeah, camera of editing? Of course. So right away, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But the only problem is, or I shouldn't say problem, you record your audio separately. So that it makes it complicated because you have to figure out either a very strategic or very diligent way of writing every second that you... Hit the record button. As soon as you start hearing the clicking, yeah. you have to write down those seconds. Well, the other option is to just do a digital video recording and then mic it, and then you mm-hmm. have like this reference video, yeah. which actually is how I did it, but I always end up going all the technical details. But anyway, long story short though, uh, long story longer is you have these videos that, videos, they're actual films. What am I saying? Yeah, these yeah. are legitimate films. That the filmmakers themselves don't see until the release day of the festival. So, that I think is the most, the coolest part. Cause, like, that is the coolest so part. So, in a couple of days, and depending on when you'll be listening to this, this might have already happened, but all these filmmakers are gonna gather in for a two day event. You get to submit your movie poster. So, there's a bunch of 11 by 14 little movie <laughs> posters lining the walls. That's so, so cool. it's like a little mini film festival. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, that's the stuff that I'm like, oh, okay, this is the closest thing that I've gotten as far as creating a film 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 and so i think the coolest thing is that nobody other than the few people that work the the, the actual behind the scenes people they're the ones that cut the videos or the films together with the audio uh-huh. so they actually have already obviously they set up the lineup so they've they've previewed all the films but the majority of people have not seen it and i think it's so awesome the unique thing about the super great film festival is that the filmmakers themselves it's their first yeah presentation so they're actually even though they know all the stuff that's been shot you don't right. know what it's going to look like with film film and i know i think it's quentin tarantino talks a lot about film mm-hmm. and it's actually getting me like i'm only out of breath now because it's yeah. like exciting because it it does it has a life of its own because it's it's 18 frames a second mm-hmm. so those 18 separate pictures for every second and little fragments of dirt things that are simulated in apps and stuff but sometimes weird things happen. I know last year I shot some stuff and it had the camera itself had lens flare like I've never seen before. That was literally diamond shaped, like four-sided diamond. And I'm like, and it was just like the optics of this cheap eight millimeter or super eight camera. But I'm like, I would have never, like I couldn't, I could simulate it after seeing it, but I would have never even thought to invent it. It's alchemy. And so that element of it is the most exciting thing about, the festival itself. I think I, I've never heard of any other festival that presents the fe- like the films that way, where the, yeah. the filmmaker themselves haven't seen the final that's right production together. So oh, there he can breathe now. It gets me all <laughs> excited. But yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, I, th- I was. I tried to have you come down. I know that would be neat to share that. But well, for me, it's come up. But
0: uh, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, you know, I'm in Austin, Virginia. and uh, I just happen to be here for a few days, and it sucks the day. Uh, where I fly back is the the night where you guys are gonna have that, and that would have been so cool. Well, I don't know why you couldn't have had it on Wednesday, Dave, <laughs> but uh, that would have been so cool. Um, I love that. That's still a, a bucket list thing for me is to to create a movie on on actual film to do that because that's where the discipline comes in. That's that's where the real magic comes in, and I will do it one day. And and you inspired me, and I man, I, I can't wait to see the the final product when you. When you when you share it with uh, with the world on YouTube, I hope you get a hmm. uh, a digital version of the of the film. There, there's got to be a way to convert it.
1: Yeah, they do. They send that out.
0: Oh, that's me. gonna be so awesome! And I can't wait to see that with the sound. And uh, that's amazing, man. Um, so this is the part of the program where you can plug your social media and all that cool stuff for the three people that are that are okay. gonna listen to this. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you on the internet, man?
1: Uh, for sure noptop.com and that's k-n-o-p-t-o-p.com it's been not it's a website that hasn't been updated too much so actually let's just jump over to twitter so just use that extension twitter.com slash noptop i think that's i've been trying to get more people over at twitter oh and, really cool yeah just to get because i feel like i can share links and stuff there but obviously that's that username noptop on all those major social medias the-
0: instagram what about snapchat um, no,
1: Snapchat is fading. I'm trying to. I'm really? Tr- yeah, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. And just, okay. I'm just trying to. We'll save pl- that for the next one. Trying to plug all the holes. And I felt like Snapchat was cool, but it was it was distracting me. Is so, Snapchat dead? Not dead, but I know for me it's more of a distraction currently. I love the I love the Zoom feature with the iPhone. You can just push. That's your thumb the best. Up. I always so,
0: think that Instagram can do that. It's just not the same.
1: No. So yeah. Anyways, that, that's where you can find me. And I know I've been really pushing the free time filmmaker. Which is my? It's a project I've started. I would love for more people to be involved with it. That's primarily on Instagram right now, and I'm trying to condense it to eventually just have it be a daily, mm-hmm. daily tips and tricks. So like the same stuff that inspired you, people can get pushed into their phone every day, and they might see something that's like, oh, that's a neat idea. I can use that. And where
0: can people find that?
1: That's Instagram.com/slash/freetimefilmmaker or freetimefilmmaker.com or well, at
0: freetimefilmmaker. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Yeah, for for Instagram. Right. That's awesome. Got, guys, everybody listening, I I love Dave Knopp. He he drove two hours. Um, through Virginia to hang out with me tonight. Here we are recording a podcast. It's 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I it, it, this was so much fun, man. And we're going to do a part two, a part three, a part four. I hope you're a recurring guest on this show. I hope one day when you create your own podcast, I'm a guest on that podcast as well. We'll do it again. And I'm sure it'll be much more organized. And I'm sure you'll struggle with uploading that because it has to be perfect. Yes. But I look forward to that, man. And uh, I'm grateful You know, if I can get a little... Christian-y on here, like, I'm grateful God put you in my life, because, I mean, honestly, man, like, I just need more Dave, Dave Knopp's, you know, people like Dave Knopp, I need more of their phone numbers in my phone, because when shit is weird, uh, I can give you a call, and when I know uh, I'm in Austin traffic for four hours, I can give you a call, there'd be no pipe dream without you, because yeah. I'd work through these ideas, and I, I'd, you know, uh, Steve Jobs has this quote where he can recall being a little kid, and he had this neighbor that had uh, this rock polisher machine and he would tell his he would tell little steve jobs hey bring all these dirty stones and he'd bring these stones and they'd put like rock polishing polish inside this like can Mm -hmm. and they'd shake the can And he'd be like come back tomorrow steve jobs little kid would come back tomorrow and it'd be these polished stones and steve jobs realized as a little kid wow that friction and that noise and that shaking of the can with that oil created these real polished stones that they were they were these stones this entire time and it, it taught him like wow, like friction kind of like mm-hmm. can 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 create you know diamonds pretty much. And I feel like anytime I have a good idea, I, ca- I can call up Dave Knop and run it by you. And it's 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 like we're polishing those stones together. And because of that, I've been able to sculpt you know good videos as, as, as for the past year, man. So you're a mentor to me, and thank you so much for being on this show, brother. It means a lot. Awesome, thanks for having me. It was awesome talking to you. Too. We're gonna do it again. I'm ready. <laughs>